0: Amen. All right, we're continuing on in uh, 1 Corinthians, and I've kind of had, after I got things going uh, here in 1 Corinthians, I thought, what have I done to myself? Because if you realize, we've had some pretty rough topics, and today could possibly be another one. We've talked about sex, we've talked about license, and like all kinds of freedoms, and all these kind of crazy different things uh, we've talked about, but they are in God's word, so it's important. And so today we're going to have another passage, which may at first glance seem very puzzling. But I think it's very, very not just relevant for today, but there's some important principles for all of us to look at. And so the passage is First Corinthians uh, 11, 1 through 16. We'll cover the next half of the chapter next week. But we're going to cover this first part, and I've asked Val if he would read it. So if you want, just listen to this passage, and this is what we're going to be discussing verse by verse today, but I'm going to have him read the passage as a whole. Actually, he can read 2 through 16. We're not going to probably include one today. Two Verse 2 through 16. Yeah, real loud. Scary. found it. Don't trust Siri completely on this stuff, especially on this stuff. All right, thanks Bob. Interesting pass. It'd be easy to want to skip over that one. I saw More than one head's one woman's head shaking, and uh, there was more than one, but um, we're gonna go ahead and hopefully be able to make some sense and and apply this passage to us. So, um, I want to just again start with some. The topic here really is authority, um, and God's order of authority, and so I want to kind of just ask a few questions. I'm I have more questions than this, usually, I only have a couple but I have a few questions, so we're gonna go really quick through these. But why do we often resist authority and or resist the idea of submission? Not just for women, but for anybody. No one really says, oh, yay, I have to surrender to the authorities over me. All about us, okay. Don't recognize it. Pride. To be a big part of it. Okay, good. What character qualities does it take to be correctly submitted to the authorities over you? Humility and teachable? Is anybody here just naturally inclined to submit and surrender to the authorities over them? Uh oh, come on. No God. I just teasing I just teasing I Are you, Are you? <laughs> Um, we know each other. Some of us know each other in here now. Um, so then, so then here, like this might even tie into part of the, why we have a hard time with it, but, uh, how do we sort out the difficulty of being hurt or burned by authority figures in our life? And then still God calls us to be submissive to the authorities he's placed over us. Maybe some of the reason I'll just kind of put it out there. I don't want to trust. Those in authority. The people that have been authority in my life were total jerks and did me wrong or hurt me. And so that may be one reason, but does that God say, like, okay, then you get a pass on this? So how do we reconcile those? Trusting God ultimately. Okay. Any other thoughts? Many think of the church as something that's old-fashioned. We sing a really old-fashioned song here, and we're probably in some ways a little more old-fashioned than a lot of different churches. But uh, do you think it's important for a church to be relevant? In a way? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit today. Where do we draw the line when it comes to being relevant? Again, that's kind of, I think, what you're saying, like, Okay, hey, yeah, but not not as extreme. Val? Well, when relevance becomes more important than truth, really good point, really good point. And what are the dangers of being a progressive church? Always changing, not stable, right? Not truth-based. Yeah, yeah. You're being conformed to society was there some uh mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay good so we can already see that the topic here really can cause some turmoil and is very relevant to all of us. Like this is not an obscure uh, principle or idea or concepts that we can just, ah, let's skip that. It's important for us to sort that out and say, what does God's word say about these things? So if you remember, we talked about the idea here in our book is, this is what I kind of framed as what I would call the big idea of the book because the Corinthians were a modern progressive church trying to keep up with society. And they were doing all of these things to try and fit the church in a way that it kind of blended with the world. And what Christ is saying or what God is saying through Paul is he's saying we need to be conformed to Christ, not the culture. And if you look around at a lot of churches, it's very easy to want to be the cool hip uh, you know, razzle dazzle church, but that's not what we're called to be. i kind of like, our church is kind of dorky. Our church is kind of, well, we can be dorky or we can be this, or we can be that. It doesn't matter what we want to be is a church that's conformed to the image of Christ. when I say church, I don't mean this building. We are the church. We people, we as a group want to be conformed to Christ. And so here's where we are in our uh, book. We're in chapters 11 through 14. We're starting in 11 today. And the idea is that we need to be governed by Christ, who is the head. And we'll see that even in today's topic. The big idea of the message today is we're, we are conformed to Christ by honoring those in authority over us. We can all kind of get on board with that. Like we can say, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, I get that. But then when the rubber meets the road is kind of where maybe some of the difficulty. And we also are going to talk about this whole head covering thing and like, what is that? Uh, mean and, and the culture of that and those type of things so we're kind of hopefully m- this passage will make total sense if we just w- read it and you're like this sounds, this sounds insane I don't get it hopefully it'll make a lot more sense by the time we're done so Paul starts out and he says I praise you brethren that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you so he starts out with something nice to say to them and says like hey you guys you guys are acknowledging that I'm an apostle and you guys have asked me questions about these different things and I respect that now I'm going to tell you what you need to know about these things specifically the head covering thing so this first big point that I hope will be made very clear is that God has established a specific order of authority that is something that's woven in to our lives. And that's kind of what was saying, like there is a truth there that we have to come to terms with and accept if we're going to accept God's word. It's all through his word that there is an order of authority. So he says, I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So if we put that just in kind of like simple terms, this is what he's saying. The head or the leader of Christ is God. The head or the leader of man is Christ. And the head or the leader of the woman is man. i want to take two steps back here. Because this does not mean, and we could go through and look at specific things in scripture. This does not mean in society as a whole. It's in a couple of God's ordained institutions. So, especially this part. I mean, this is a whole, I think it's true. This, as you study it out in scripture, I'm not just coming up with this. This principle usually relates to only a couple of situations. It would relate to a marriage where The wife is supposed to let the husband do the leading. That's God's design. In a church, I believe, some would argue this now these days, some would argue this, that the men are called to be the leaders of the church. So beyond that, he doesn't say in the workplace. So in other words, God does call us to be subject to our employers. But if you have a woman boss and you're a man, I believe God's order of authority for you is to submit and surrender to the lady boss. I believe that what scripture points to is not just like, Oh, you're a man. So I get to go into the store and have authority over any woman in the the store. That's nonsense. Scripture doesn't teach that. He teaches under these certain umbrellas that is to be uh, it's to be governed or run the leadership structure, the authority structure. And again, I'm like, okay, Rich, move on, but I want us to make sure we understand this clearly, because part of the reason sometimes we have a hard time with this is because people have abused scripture and twisted scripture in such a way that it's not at all what God has designed, but they're using God's word to try and promote, uh, usually, typically, some kind of control over somebody else that God does not call for us to do. So, under these certain umbrellas, it's very clear Makes very clear in scripture, like, I feel like there's no wiggle room for the wife is to let her husband lead. The wife is to be submitted to her husband. I'm going to say one other word, one other thing. I feel like I'm having to give a bunch of disclaimers because we've got this so twisted and we there's baggage with a lot of these words. We hear submit and it means I'm supposed to cow down and really not have a voice. That's not what submit means. Submit means you let that person lead you. Instead of you trying to push to lead it, you step back and you let them take leadership. That's what submit means. Submit does not mean you don't speak your mind. Submit doesn't mean you just accept everything without having a conversation. Submit, it means you let your husband do the leading or in the church, you don't try and overtake the leadership of whatever males God's put in. Uh, leadership of that church and you try and take over and typically we'll get to this later typically where this starts going backwards is men become passive women become aggressive and so I feel like typically the problem is both have to find it's the fall I mean it's what happened in Eden and as soon as Eden happened men shrunk back and women, it's just the, the sin nature in us. And so when I say submit, it doesn't mean you become mousy and just don't have a voice and can't say anything or can't it means that you step back and recognize my husband is to be leading or these male men in the church. Not every male in the church, the leadership males should should be male, I believe scripture teaches. You with me? All right. You want to uh, pick a fight, we can do that afterwards too. But I'm out of shape, so no, it, it can't get physical. I'm not going down on the asphalt out there over this topic. Uh, my computer's going slow. God's order of authority is timeless. So some people would say, well, that was back then. Okay. Is God still the leader of Christ? Is Christ still the leader of men? No one argues with that. But all of a sudden we get into this. But I mean, just two slides ago, he said this. Is this to this? And I believe what he was doing is saying right off the, out the gate, this is God's design. And so it stands to reason that the husband is still called to lead his wife, and men are still called to lead the church. It's not an issue of equality. It doesn't mean that men are higher up. It isn't. It. It does mean Christ is higher up and God is but Christ and God are the same. we'll see here. Is Jesus equal with God? Part of the Trinity, right? In the beginning was the Word or Christ he was. and Christ was with God, and Christ was God. Christ, Was in the beginning with God. All things were created through Christ. Without Christ, nothing was made that was made. In Christ was life, and the life was the light of men. The idea here being Christ, God, are equal. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. They shall name him Emmanuel. This is Jesus, which means God is with us. Christ and God equal. Uh, Christ even said in John 10 30, I and the father are one. We could go to a bunch more. That's not the main point of today's message, but I want to just show you there's equality there. Just like with a husband and a wife, there's equality there. One's not better. One's not superior uh, to the other. Just like there's this equality with God uh, between Christ and God, yet he submitted himself to the father, didn't he? And it shows that, headship or leadership exists even in the Godhead. So what we're talking about here today is something that Jesus Christ actually did himself. And if anyone, even Philippians two, if you want another one, it says, although he existed in the form of God, Jesus Christ humbled himself to be a man. He submitted and surrendered himself. God is not asking us to do something That he, Christ, was not even willing to do himself. Jesus did this. And so where do we get off thinking we can go like, not me. This isn't for me. Well, Christ did it. And I think that's the heart of this passage. Be conformed to Christ. Take on Christ's ways, not the world's. The world says like, you don't submit to anybody. You don't surrender to anybody. Right? But he says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. That's surrender. I can of myself do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Again, Christ says, I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Can anybody, does anyone want to argue here that Christ submitted himself to the Father? He did. It's very clear. So is it still applicable today? That's the kind of a question you've got to ask yourself. Is this order that Paul lays out, including the, the woman to the man, again, Paul's talking about in church services, we'll get to that in a minute, is that still applicable today? So our next big point is that we are to appropriately display, demonstrate this order of authority in our culture. One of the ways they did it was through head coverings there may be some other ways we need to do it but their way of doing it their way of displaying this their way of showing and demonstrating yes i'm putting myself in the correct order is to wear head coverings was how they did that so i'm gonna i feel like i don't in presenting things the last thing you're supposed to do is read from slides but i i'm just i guess not good enough uh, at this yet I want us to read through this together because I think it helps us get clarity. Um, So women who are, here's the problem. The women were not wearing a head covering while they were praying or prophesying. We're going to talk about that in a minute. They were bringing shame upon their God and ordained leaders. This most likely included their husbands and the church leaders. So when these ladies basically went into the church and for lack of a better phrase, got all women living in the church it was bringing shame. And again, I don't want to cross and be like, well, women do have, I'm not talking about in society, I'm talking about in the church. They kind of wanted to become uh, uh, aggressive and use this freedom that they found freedom in, a, in a, a wrong way. They were not only dishonoring their leaders, they were dishonoring God. They were being conformed to the culture, not the character of Christ. We're not wearing no stinking head coverings. We're not. We're not less than. You even said, Paul, in Christ, there's no male, there's no female. They could pull that one, right? No, and that's true. Christ does not look at us. We are equal, whether we're male or female. But he does have an order of authority. So kind of in this culture, it would be not not even just among Christians, among non-Christians. They would wear veils or head coverings to demonstrate that they were kind of... uh, Acknowledging the order, even whether it was, even if they didn't believe in God, a lot of them just in society in that day, it was the fact that the man, the men, ran things. Um, and so when they were praying and prophesying of church, what does this refer to? In fact, we had Tiffany pray here this morning, and Tina was gonna pray, and Carly prays very often. We have jana pray. So the idea of women praying in church we're kind of praying and prophesying in the public meetings. He's not saying if you're at home and the rest of the chapter is talking about public meetings. Also, he's not saying if you're at home in your room, you need to go get a a covering over your head or wear a veil. But he's saying when you're doing this in a public place, again, in that culture, you should be demonstrating. You're not taking charge by praying publicly. And prophesying was typically, it meant speaking for God. And sometimes it meant teaching the word of God. Sometimes it meant telling the future events that God said this most often in the churches, what it would be. And sometimes this even occurs now. Someone would say, I have a word from the Lord. I believe that God is telling me that we as a church need to start becoming more this. And so women were doing that in the church, but here's what's interesting. This is a newfound freedom in Christ before the women were kind of like shoved to the back of the line. So what Paul's actually saying here is women are to participate in the public worship services. But some of these people took this freedom and kind of went out of bounds with it and said like, we're not submitted. See, we don't have to submit to anybody. And that was causing a problem. Um, And right now, we could get into this, but obviously, this is plenty to get into. And women teach in the church, not preach in the church, when, where, how, what does that look like? Great topic. We're not going to hit it today. Let's just kind of get the principle down. Uh, But we can talk about that more some other time, or if you just individually want to talk about that, we can. So what they were doing, this, this was dishonoring and denying God's order of authority. Basically, they were... Kind of saying, to heck with the way God set things up. We're doing it our way. And it's it's big going contrary to the character of Christ, because Christ displayed humility. Christ displayed submission. And so, again, here's where I feel like this is important for us. We need to be careful not to do this to try and keep up with culture. That's what they were doing. They were trying to keep up with what was going on in the culture. We've done this before. This is what I would call a rabbit trail, but I think it might be helpful for us. Spiritually speaking, this is what leadership is supposed to look like in the home and in the church. Because I don't want to try and draw Christ, I'm drawing the cross. Men are to be continuing to pursue Christ and get their leadership from him. And ultimately, that would be from God's word. Women follow Christ. Part of their following Christ includes following the lead of their husband, letting their husband lead. And I get this question very often from, from men. And it's typically because it will happen something like this. My wife says, I need to be more of a spiritual leader. Do you have a devotional? I can start doing with the family. And I always typically say, It's not about doing a devotional with the family to be a spiritual leader means you're leading in all areas of life. It doesn't mean you have it all together, but when I say leading, it means you're the first one there. You're the one who beats them to the punch. And typically what happens, and I'll just give an example, even on home maintenance, instead of the husband going, I know we need to get this done. We need to get that done. Uh, Let's talk and make a plan together on uh, which we should do first on a budget. That would be leading. But typically, what happens is this: the husband walks by the broken sprinkler thing a bunch. The husband watched, you know, has to fidget to get through the front door because the knob has been broken. And the wife starts going like, "Hey, when are we going to get the sprinkler fixed? Hey, when is the doorknob going to get fixed? Hey," and then we get a to-do list of things because the man did not beat the woman to the punch. And all would it would take to take the lead would be, hey. I know there's a broken sprinkler and a broken door. I'm probably not going to get to it for two weeks. Here's my order. Here's what I'm going to do. That would be leadership. Or to say, you know what? Uh, you know, honey, I, I, I really think we need to go to this Bible study, uh, this this round. Let's sit it out for the next one. I know a lot's been going on with our family, so we needed a break, but I think we should be going and get involved in this. Hey, honey, I know we got a lot of debt. This is the husband. I know we got a lot of debt wrapped up. I want to talk together. I don't have a perfect plan. You know, I'm not even great with money, but let's talk and try and come. That would be taking the leadership. I think I know we, it feels like we're in a weird state in our relationship. We haven't been talking the way it feels like things are different. Can we start talking about our relationship? Typically, every single one of those things, typically speaking, the women are beating the men in a punch. And, and, <laughs> so here's what happens. <laughs> I can't so, it's, it's so quick. try and make sure it's, and it's sometimes very often it's fear that everything is the wheels are going to come off the car and this isn't going to be get behind our test or it's going to go over. Our kids are going to go straight because we're not following to and, and so they get in panic mode and they start getting in trying to fix everything. I try to get it off it it. It's a compound. problem, And so the only way that this can be fixed is that both people realize their part in pursuing Christ, that the husband leaves I need to be looking to Christ to leave, my wife. My job is to leave. And the wife to go, I need to trust Christ to get my room. My husband some room to leave. That's part of what I can do, is let him leave instead of jumping in in a panic, typically. And so, I, again, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail because we're talking about head coverings. But I feel like this is kind of at the heart of where a lot of our problems happen. And I believe it's probably what was happening in the church. And I think that's probably what was even happening in the church when Timothy says, get yourself some godly elders. Here's what a godly elder looks like. And then like two chapters later, he says, I don't want women teaching in church. I think what was probably happening in that church Paul says, here's the church of Ephesus, Timothy. I'm not going to be here for a while. You take care of it. We need godly men. But the men weren't being godly. They were being passive. And so the women became aggressive. And so he's like, don't let that, like, you take charge. Let the men take the lead. Are you guys with me on this? And so very often what it ends up is like, it's not even, it becomes not even a struggle anymore. Men just sit back. And they wait for their wife to bring in the honeydew list or their wife to nag them enough about this or their wife to take the the slack on that. And really the call for, I believe that I would make, uh, because I typically put more of the heat on the husbands is for the husbands. And if you're one of those wives that's jumping in, let them lead. You're, You're short circuiting God's whole plan. If you're not doing that back off. But if your wife, is taking charge that means you probably need to step it up and depending on what your wife's like she may be really one of those people that means you need to really really be leading right because you're called to lead your wife and if that's the wife you picked her in this culture you picked your wife then you better figure out how to lead her it's not somebody else's problem you with me all right i'll get off my soapbox And if you want to see how this works in a really clunky and uh, I want to say, like, don't watch us. If you're like, well, these guys are probably, we, this is, it's, I will say she better than any woman I've I've ever known does a great job of balancing, speaking the truth, not letting me off the hook, saying what she thinks. If you know her, she comes across really sweet to all you guys. She's not, she's got an edge. I mean, she would have to, to live with me. She's got, she's tough. She is tough. But I'll tell you what, she's also very, very humble. And even if there's a wrestling match, very often she does take a step back and do that. And I don't think I would be able to lead if she was constantly fighting me on that. So I I do think it is possible. And no one has this down perfect, though, is what I want to say. Like, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be because we have flesh and sin and men's thing is to be like, if I don't have to deal with it, I'm not dealing with it. And the woman's thing is like, we got to get this all taken care of. Okay. Let's get back into head covering. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered dishonored his head. So in other words, and we, a lot of us know in the culture, we only have one woman in here with the head covering and that's Kaylee. So according to this passage, she's on track today. Uh, but in, in a lot of times, you know, in our culture, it, not too long ago, if a man had a hat on in church during the national anthem, when he was praying, walking into a home, it was offensive. I remember I went to Australia years ago and they're a little more old fashioned. I walked into a bowling alley with a baseball cap on and they made me take my baseball cap off. It's just part of the culture. And so, what they're saying is, in that culture, for a man to have his head covered was offensive and dishonoring and disrespectful. Just like 40 years ago, if you watched a guy pray with his hat on, you'd be like, what is wrong with this lunatic today? It's not so much, but at the same time, if you remember, you would see women, part of their deal, especially on Easter was to wear their little bonnets or whatever they were, big hats, I don't know all the perfect names for them, but that was acceptable. It was a cultural thing. And so what he's saying here is like in that culture, it's shameful for men to be wearing hats in church, in our church services. And it's shameful for a woman to have short hair. To every woman who prays or prophesies or is involved publicly in the service, has an active public part of the service, she dishonors her head. She dishonors the men, the male leadership. Because here... Every man praying or prophesying, having his head uncovered, dishonors his head. Who is man's head when we looked at verse Christ? You're dishonoring Christ in that culture when you did that. You're praying with your hat on, you're dishonoring Christ. Here, a woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Who is the woman's head in God's order? The man, the husband, or the elected leaders in that church. Well, that is one in the same if her head was shaved. In that culture, it was kind of like the, I'm not submitting to anybody and kind of putting yourself on par with man. They're like, shave your head. Even in society as a general, they would kind of accept that men were the leaders. Women were not to be taking uh, as much charge. So he's saying, if they're doing this in church, even the world isn't doing that. It's like women walking around with a shaved head. Now, here's part of why we know it's cultural. We have women with short hair. No one in here besides Kaylee, and this is by chance, I don't think it's because she read this passage, has a baseball hat or a hat on or a head covering. I will say some people could argue this. And if you have that conviction that this does apply and you should be wearing a head covering, by all means, wear a head covering. There's nothing lost in that. Just don't be trying to pressure others to wear a head covering. But if you feel like, I really feel like I'm supposed to do this, there's no harm in that. Where are your, where a head covering. Oh, my great has a head covering. Too. Um, so the idea here is kind of the overt attitude behind it. Like, I'm not submitting to anybody. I have one, but it's not acting, doing what it should. It's shameful even for a woman to be shorn or shaved. Let her be covered. I love the word shorn. It's called very old-fashioned, but it's basically have her head shaved. So if we compare it to our culture, we see the women in Corinth can be be compared to bold, aggressive, dishonoring things being done in our modern churches. And I had some clips, and I thought, man, I feel like I don't even think I can show some of these clips in church. Uh, But in an effort to be progressive, inclusive, and tolerant, We see LGBTQ pastors who wear rainbow sashes. I showed Carly one of these videos. And it was a video of um, this guy basically dressed in drag singing a hymn. And he's like taking off his various drag things in, in this church. Why? Because we want to be relevant to the society. But in being relevant... They're dishonoring Jesus Christ. Kaylee uh, had mentioned, uh, and I think she sent me some clips of a pastor just this year, I think during their Easter service or something, uh, essentially had strippers in the church who, what was it exactly? Talking about like how Christ was uh, stripped down and beaten, hung on the cross. And, And so they were doing this big production, very similar to try and but they were it was vulgar and then you have other places that just have this general disregard for the authority of scripture because they're kind of trying to fit in with the culture so they're like we don't have to accept this part we don't have to accept this part much of what I've said to you today would get me booted in some of these more modern churches like they would probably dragged me out of here by now if I said women are supposed to submit to their husbands and so there's a, a wide spectrum. And that's why I want us to understand when we start reading about this head covering stuff going like, well, ah, this is weird. No, it's totally relevant to what's happening in our world today. And it starts with attitudes of going like that doesn't apply to us. That doesn't apply to us. That doesn't apply to us. And we need to be careful to find out what does apply to us and what doesn't. And how do we live it out in our culture without wearing togas? Like we don't have to go back and act like we're in that culture But at the same time, we want to be figuring out it should look a certain way. It should be being demonstrated. God's order of authority should be being demonstrated in our houses and in our church. So do I live in uh, my current culture in a way that reflects the humility and submission of Christ? Do I live in a way that says I believe in and trust God's order of authority? As a man or a husband, can people see that I'm surrendered to Christ's authority? Again, we get on the woman thing here but he made a point men are to be under the headship or leadership of Christ. And for us somehow, and I would agree, it's a little easier to kind of duck into the cloudy water of that. Like, well, I don't know if that guy is, it's a little easier to see when a woman is not submitting or surrendering or letting her husband lead. But the man is every much is bit called. And I'll say a clue might be if the wife is taking charge there's a good chance the husband is not following Jesus Christ as his lead. If she was doing that, probably the woman would be tending to, I'm not saying that's every case, but it would be as a woman and wife. Can people see that I'm honoring my the particular men? God has put in my life as authority. Again, I'm not saying women don't honor God. They honor God, but part of the way they honor God is by honoring the men that God put in them. God's order of authority is confirmed by creation. I I don't want to take much more time on this, but there's a good chunk of verses, as you can see. So I'm going to move really quickly through this. Uh, The idea is for a man indeed ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. The idea here is the man is supposed to be pointing back and showing and honoring God. That's the point here. He's gone. Men aren't supposed to cover it because they're supposed to display and honor God. And here, uh, man honors God by demonstrating and revealing the goodness and character of God. Women honor God and demonstrate his character, the submission of Christ. When they show honor and respect the leaders, God has placed over them in the home and in the church. So if they fight against that, a woman fights against that, she's fighting against God's design. For a woman is not for a man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for the woman, but the woman for man. He's going into an argument. He's supporting his argument based on creation, and he's basically saying, "For man is not from woman, but woman. Eve was taken from the side of man. The woman came from the man. Nor was man created for woman, but woman for the man." Genesis tells us Eve was created to be a companion and a helping. So what he's saying is. This is a timeless thing. It happened in creation. He's going to hit a little flip side of that in a second. For this reason, a woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, we throw this in there. It wasn't complicated enough. So they're supposed to do it for angels? The way we conduct ourselves to be a testimony to the angels, even the angels are watching us. Isn't that crazy to, to, to give God glory? Angels witness the creation of earth. As well of man and woman, they saw how God ordained a specific order of authority. And this verse makes it clear it's important for angels seeing us honoring uh, God's leadership plan. So basically, it's like, hey, if you're doing this, angels are up there going like, this is not how God did this. Even the angels want to see you guys honoring God's plan. Nevertheless, neither Is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord? Or as a woman came from man, even so, man comes from the woman, but all things from God. So he kind of flips it. Remember, he's like, Hey, you ladies, you guys came from men. And that could get the guy going, Yeah, he came from men. We're first in everything. And he goes, No, 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 no. We're interdependent. You're not independent. We need each other. That's kind of this point here. We were created to bring God glory. We accomplish this when we recognize his design for authority yet maintain an interdependent relationship. This is kind of what I'm saying. You still need to talk. You still need to be equals. You still need to work things out. It's just, there's not two people trying to drive the car at the same time. You got to pick, is the wife going to drive it or is the husband going to drive it or in the church? Are the women going to be fighting for leadership or are they going to allow the men to, to be leaders? but all of this comes from God. Judge among yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray? So all this said, is it proper for a woman to pray with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that a man has long hair, it's a dishonor to him. But if a woman has long hair, it's a glory to her for her hair is given to her for her covering. In other words, we've just made this whole big argument. Should women be trying to railroad men in church services? No, the answer is obviously no. No, they shouldn't be doing that. They should let the men lead. But you know what? For the women to be doing that, the men need to be leading. They need to be following Christ. So don't be a passive man and then get mad because the women are getting taking charge. He's saying men need to lead. Women, trust God and let them lead. It's a great question. And I think what he's saying is this was a natural way. They were kind of going banking it, basing it on that natural thing. They're going to naturally have long hair, probably anyways, in that culture, again, in that culture, but a way to actually really demonstrate, it's kind of like, I'm going to make sure and demonstrate is I'm going to do that. I don't have a perfect answer. It's a great question, but I believe that that he's saying, if you want to make it clear, That you're doing this because all the women might have long hair, but if you really want to make sure you're making the point to everybody around you that you accept this, what God says, then do that. I believe, but good question. Can I agree that creation confirms God order of authority and I'm called to honor God by abiding on it? So now he closes his message. He says, If anyone seems to be contentious, if anyone wants to argue with this, we have no such custom nor do the churches of God. In other words, this is the way the churches are supposed to be operating. In that day, in that era, this is what they are supposed to be doing. He's like, there's no other precedent. This is the precedent. So wrapping it up, Christ himself displayed his trust in God by surrendering and submitting to his authority. Are we willing to accept the call to be conformed to the image of Christ? Again, remember, it's about being conformed, being made like Christ. We all kind of start out way posed and he wants to match us up to where we look more and more like Christ. Are we going to be, if we want to be matched up, we're going to have to be submitted. Um, And can we be conformed to the image of Christ? Do you think a person can be conformed, a man or a woman without allowing ourselves to be led by those in authority over us? I don't think so. I think a man who's insubordinate at his job, A man who's insubordinate in other places of life is not demonstrating the character of Christ. A woman who's being insubordinate in the home or in the church is not displaying the character of Jesus Christ. That's a tough pill to swallow. If I want to become more like Christ and follow his lead and have, as it talks about in Philippians 2, have this mind that Christ had in himself, he was equal with God, yet he humbled himself. If we want to be like that, we have that kind of mind, the mind of Christ. We got to choose submission according to what God says we submit to. So the individual question is, is there a new step of faith or obedience I need to take in order to be more like Christ? That was a lot. Was that a lot? We're conforming to Christ by honoring those in authority. over So let me just ask you, does this passage make a little more sense? Is it applicable? Is it a tough pill to swallow? A little bit. But that's okay. It's God's word. So if it's a tough pill to swallow, chew on it a little bit. If you want to wrestle, wrestle with God first. And if you still don't get it sorted out, let's talk. And I'll try and help figure it out because we want to figure out how does this really look in real life. And it can be tough and it can be tricky based on a lot of different situations. So I have no problem with that. I just want us to understand what God's word is teaching. And then especially in come this head covering stuff and angels and we want God's word to make sense to us. Okay, All right. let's pray one more time and then we'll uh, be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for his example. And we thank you that we see in him uh, what we need to be like and that you're not asking us to do something that even your son refused to do, but he did it and did it perfectly. Help us to have the heart of Christ, the attitude of Christ, the humility of Christ, and learn to, to see what it looks like to be uh, not just mousy or doormats or any of those things, but what it truly looks like to be uh, strong in you and yet humble and meek and submitted and surrendered, Father. I know that's a beautiful thing, uh, but it's very tricky for us. So I pray that you would illuminate to each of us what that looks like in our own lives. Again, thank you for the time together. Thank you for this group. Uh, Thank you for specifically the people you brought today, and I pray that you would be honored by the time we we spent here. I pray that you'd bless and minister to those who aren't here today. Uh, You know what they need. Please meet their needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great Sunday.